You're listening to the Elephant in the Room podcast, powered by One Light Ahead. This is your place to join other leaders and high-achieving professionals who are serious about owning their leadership. Each week, we share strategies, interviews, and advice so you can be purposeful about your mindset and discover exactly what it means to live and lead unlayered. Welcome, everyone. It's another episode of Addressing the Elephant in the Room. A big shout out to Miss Lindsay Hotmeyer. She is a beautiful copyright and did an amazing job on quite a bit on our website on onelightahead.com. I get to be the host of this podcast, as well as the founder and the strategic leadership coach of One Light Ahead. We are making huge strides in impacting and improving and empowering many leaders across the country. And we are thankful to, first of all, each and every one of you listening today to this podcast. This is our second pod solo cast of this season. And we are thankful to be in our seventh season. And we have a particular theme for this season about what you say matters. And the previous podcast I did for the season, I spoke about what does it mean when I say what you say matters. So feel free to check that out. And that is just a couple of weeks ahead of this one. With choosing a elephant for our room, it goes into quite a bit of thought. And this particular one, I actually detailed out on paper. And as I worked my way through it, we had some conversations around it. And I want to set you up for clarity about the question or the elephant that I'm going to be bringing up. And first of all, I want each and every person listening, I ultimately know the answer to this question. And I also ultimately know many people listening will know the ultimate answer to this question. So I want to set that groundwork first, because when you hear my elephant, the elephant really is about who gets the glory. And many people already have an immediate answer to that question. And I resonate in so many different aspects. And yet I really want each and every listener to think about and have some discerning hearts about the rest of the story. All of a sudden, I heard another amazing voice come up as I said that. Uh, So let us dig in and let me set some foundation work for what I mean about who gets the glory. And I'm going to start off with a conversation because I always ask people on our podcast, how does it show up in conversation, this huge elephant? And I was having a conversation recently with an amazing coach we're partnering with, and we were talking about a certification program I've been thankful to get connected with. So first of all, I want to give a shout out to Mr. Peter Demarest. He did a podcast with me on July 7th, uh, episode seven in that season, and he talked about axiogenics and the concept of asset and biases. And when you dive into this program, he talks a lot about purpose statements and be more and be less in this process. And I was explaining to her in our conversation how important these be more, be lesses have value in what you say. And as I was going through the certification process, I literally finished my certification assessment and all my reviews this weekend and submitted it this weekend because I wanted to be purposeful of truly verifying how much I truly understood and how much practice I'm still in to own the material. Because 
when I first got exposed to the habit finder, which was the first asset attached to the Robert Hartman profile. So if you go to the Robert Hartman Institute, there is depth of wisdom about what we, he calls the hierarchy of values. And axiogenics takes it one step further and dives into the asset and biases. And that actually is not in the habit finder. So I knew it was time to add another tool to our toolbox. And so to get back to the conversation about what you say matters and who gets the glory, she was kind enough in our conversation to share the thankfulness that she had for the appreciation. And I'm going to set the stage with that because uh, in every journey of who gets the glory, there's a, a journey of who does the work. And so I'm going to go all the way back to another podcast I did, and that was actually on October 2021, the sixth episode night in that season about learning to be present when you're not present. And I know I'm referencing a lot of different podcasts and just for your awareness of how this material has been developing, I had a coach then named Richard Flint, who I still work with today. Very thankful. I believe in coaching. I have a multitude of coaches. And remember, I'm, I'm hoping the listener understand that there's depths of conversation that happened to a elephant. And that conversation that coach set in mind was, how are you present when you're not present? And then how do you discover what that means? And so I'm setting you up to the first conversation I had when I became an executive coach. Uh, and that was all, years and years ago. 2009 was when I first started uh, coaching people literally for $50 an hour. And uh, some of them are still friends of mine today. And uh, that was wonderful opportunity to understand what coaching was, that there's a leadership coaching, there's personal coaching, there's life coaching, business coaching, all the multitude of frames of coaching. And uh, as I became a coach, I knew I wanted to be a business coach because I knew I had years of business experience that I could bring to the table and help guide people with. And then I, as I built my foundation as a coach, I learned a lot of lessons along the way and transformed coaching others. And through this journey, uh, I've been exposed to a multitude of different materials and discovered how tools will allow me to be more purposeful, more refined, and to be focused on how I show up and how I guide others. Well, that began a journey in 35 offices in my first journey, and some people would run for me, and I didn't quite understand why. We had huge success, yet they were limited to certain people that could handle the approach that I took. Then I went on to another company, and I was getting ready to start my own company. 2011 is when we officially started One Light Ahead, and that was in my hometown, and I was introduced to a gentleman named Ken Parsons. I want to give a big shout out to Ken Parsons. He flew me out to Texas for the first time. And I got to go to the Keller Williams beautiful retreat in Austin. And then as I met quite a few people, Mr. DJ, beautiful man, he reminded me the gift of fierce conversations and how important that book was to have some very valuable conversations. And I ended up on a plane sitting next to Mr. Rich Rector, a big shout out to, and we just started having a conversation about, again, we're talking about how it comes up in conversation, about how important it is that our clients did the work. 
we would not have any success as coaches if our clients didn't do the work. And as we started talking about that, and ironically, I was being interviewed to be a team leader why I started my company. And he says to me, why are you considering that? You're not, that's not your best role. You are a coach. And he ended up introducing me to a beautiful amount of people, Mr. Larry uh, Berkey, Mr. and I got to introduce to Miss Amy Constantine and Miss Michelle and so many beautiful people through the Keller Williams system that I got to serve in the Keller Williams in Palmdale, California and grow as a coach again. And so again, going back to that elephant, who gets the glory? All those people help line up a path to build the development of how I get to help guide and facilitate the people that truly do the work. I get to help coach, inspire, and guide them. So again, who gets the glory? There's more to that depth. So as we keep walking down that journey, as that kept moving forward, finally, one of my coaches said to me, so what are you going to do next? And at the time, my daughter got pregnant, beautiful gift. I have a beautiful grandson. Okay, it's time to do some adjustment to what's happening next. We expand it one night ahead. And I went full time for a lot of different reasons. Some were explained, some were not. And uh, it's been a whole journey. And we went through developing one light ahead through California. Then we went and moved it into Tennessee, moved it into Maryland, moved it into worldwide through different exposures and had clients in all different territories because we were able to start inspiring and one light bulb moment at a time, building conversations and tools. And one of those times I actually served and spoke for Mike Bedortman, big shout out to Mike. And we actually did a presentation and he, we had a conversation afterwards and he says, you know, you may want to contemplate talking to Dave Blanchard. Dave Blanchard and I had an amazing conversation through the journey. That's where I got exposed to Habit Finder. A couple of years later, I got certified, went to the training with Paul Blanchard and found an amazing community in the Habit Finder. And I would tell people that this tool would actually allow me to take what would take up, could take up to two years and discover with the Hartman profile, the opportunity to discover patterns and stories and things that they wouldn't know that I had access to until we walked through the debrief of the assessment. And that would save me a multitude of time and help them see that they didn't, what they couldn't realize other people could see without them knowing how to explain what was happening. And so this tool, and we still use it today in a multitude in our leadership academy, in our other resources, our master's league competition, the Habit Finder is a valuable tool and a valuable community. And then as I was at a Robert Hartman happy hour, um, they have these opportunities where people that use the Robert Hartman profile can get together. And, and I want to give a shout out to, to Mr. Dr. Abelson, who also is an amazing gift, who I met through the Keller Williams system that I got the disc and the emotional intelligence tools from. Again, another tool in our toolbox that was before we actually got exposed to Habit Finder. And all these tools are valuable depending on the situation and circumstances and what you're looking to achieve. The DISC and the emotional intelligence are the outward behaviors. The habit finder is the beneath the surface habits, thought patterns, et cetera. And then I met Mr. Peter Demeras at a Harbin happy hour. And he introduced 
a tool called the axiogenics. And through a journey of conversation and research, et cetera, I've decided last year to add this certification. And it's been a whole journey to prepare, have the time, have the bandwidth, et cetera, to dive in and finally completed uh, the certification process and final stages of that and started truly utilizing it and integrating it into my current clients and to new team members. And literally this weekend, the depth of understanding that I gained just in taking the assessment of what I learned and verifying how much more depth of material is in this tool, who gets the glory? Was it the person that's doing the work? Is it the coach that took the time to create it? Because one of the things you hear in the coaching world is you don't reinvent the wheel, you reinvent the approach. Robert Hartman is a, was buddies with Maslow. And so Maslow created the hierarchy of needs and Robert Hartman created the hierarchy of values. And values is a scientific measurement, mathematics that are connected to a definition of good that is so fundamental. And as I started connecting all the dots and truly understanding the depth, it also helped me understand some clarification of some other things I've learned over the years of the layers that are attached to so many different things. And which is why we connected the axiogenic self-leadership program to our Living Unlayered Mastermind event and our book, Slaying the Onion, because it helps prepare people to learn how to attack and or empower themselves or live unlayered and lead themselves unlayered from their asset, not their bias. And that's a whole big conversation and probably one we to have Peter come back and have a conversation about as I'm thinking out loud, because it's so easy to fall into what the axiogenics called the B game and live in that complacency, live in that scarcity, live in that insanity, instead of being our purposeful five, only five to 15% of the time, are we in our A game where we're truly operating from our asset and what is our strongest ability to think and function and achieve and create the best results for ourselves and create the greatest net value. So the central question is the foundation of the material and then the introduction, if you will, to our, our tools of valuegenic mindset. So let me for, describe to you the definition. Valuegenic means value generative. A valuegenic mindset is an attitude and intention and a desire to make choices and to take actions that create or generate greater net value. The practice of creating greater net value requires developing the attribute we call a valuegenic mindset. Who gets the glory? This is a tool that they developed from Robert Hartman's tool and they reinvented the approach and they gave one light ahead, another tool for their toolbox to empower their teams with, empower their clients with, empower their community with, and empower the founder with. And, and ultimately that was all in my humble belief, a divine journey that has led to this podcast. 
So that set the groundwork for the conversations and the meetings and the trainings and the just huge foundational journey to think about who gets the glory. So then as I'm preparing you to contemplate a small bite out of this big elephant, I want to give you a couple other thought patterns of conversations and how I personally have been working on understanding this because that valuegenic mindset has a, in the journey of the self-leadership program, there's a game called I, me, or my. And as a coach over years of training, one of the simple little things we were taught to say, so what I hear you say, and that brought it, that again, uses the I. And it's a silly little sentence and yet a depth of purposeful meaning. And there's no reason to include the I when you come from a value, valuegenic mindset, because then it's pulling it back to the self-focus instead of the greatest net value of allowing the person to stay in their world to express what they're looking to express. We just get the confirmation to say, so from what you're saying, just a simple little adjustment, a, a little tweak, a little bit of confirmation of truly validating an individual, then taking it back to self. So let me give you an example of an eye-opener that happened uh, in our amazing Leadership Academy. I got the gift to have a conversation with a powerful leader and they said, I've never seen somebody do what you did in all the years, I've never seen it. And I wanna learn how you did it. And of course the egocentric side of me, the self-focused side of me, love the validation and the appreciation and the confirmation of the years that I've spent honing the skill and gift and talents that I've been given. And yet the opportunity of who gets the glory was to confirm all the years of training and development and people that have poured into me and the divine journey I've been on and what I get to celebrate in that journey to be able to celebrate that moment and thank them and say, you know, you can learn too instead of this is only my gift. What a beautiful opportunity to take my own life lesson and share it with you and say, how many times has that happened to you? How many times have you celebrated when someone validates you and then recognize not to deflect, not to not appreciate the validation, not to receive because you always wanna do that first. And then you wanna rec recommend and contemplate who truly gets the glory. And please hear me and every one of you listening, we want to receive. That is a beautiful gift. We want to be appreciated. We want to be developing and truly honoring the gifts and skills and talents that we get. We also want to take the time to acknowledge where they come from, from the divine source to the every humble being that took the time to invest in us, that took the time to believe in us. Because that takes me all the way back to the first conversation of the individual that thanked me for believing also did the work. They were willing and ready to hear and be guided and to invest in themselves to say, what does this look like? And walk the journey with me to achieve where they are today. 
And that's happened for years now. We are decades into watching growth and joy and inspiration and purpose, and we're beyond thankful. So to wrap up and who gets the glory elephant, I want to give you a little bite-sized question to ask. There's actually technically two. The one is from the axiogenics that we have. If you go to VQ profile forward slash one light ahead, vqprofile.com and forward slash one light ahead. I'm verifying that address real quick. vqprofile.com forward slash one light ahead. There's a 15 minute assessment. You don't overthink it. And then you can schedule a conversation with me to have some clarity about what the definition of good is, what VQ stands for, all the details of that. Uh, Happy to walk through that with you. Uh, This is the opportunity for you to learn more about One Light Ahead in our solo cast. And most importantly, to know why we do this podcast. We work to empower others to have a platform to shine light on subjects that are difficult to discuss, subjects that not many people are talking about. And yet there is a time and a season and a need for the tough subjects. And who gets the glory is a tough subject because we live in a world where it's all about me. It's about my opinion, my beliefs, my everything. And the I, me, my game is about removing that and coming from a valuogenic mindset and asking the what we call the central question, which there's a whole book about that as well that Peter wrote. And the central question is in the self-leadership program that we are integrating with our living unlayered mastermind experience. And that is what choice, what action and or choice, I'm totally paraphrasing, Peter will forgive me now. What choice can I make or what action may I take in this moment that will create the greatest net value. Just take a breather when you're contemplating receiving first and then making sure that we celebrate that it's not all about us, that we want to be from a valuogenic mindset, creating the greatest net value and being purposeful about who gets the glory and honoring the divine journey that we get to walk. I thank you for listening. We thank you for sharing. We thank you for commenting. We thank you for contemplating who really does get the glory and how may we all operate in the greatest net value together. Have an amazing day. You've been listening to the Elephant in the Room podcast from One Light Ahead. For more content and resources, visit onelightahead.com.